So I Married an Alcoholic is sponsored by RealtorAndABaby.com. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease real estate? Even if you're not in greater Philadelphia, reach out with your contact information so you can be connected with the most qualified realtor in your area. RealtorAndABaby at gmail.com. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, lords and ladies, birds, dogs, cats. We're still working on a new intro. I I, I don't know what to tell you here. Welcome to the So I Married an Alcoholic, the world-famous So I Married an Alcoholic podcast. It is season three, episode two. I am Chris, and I am an alcoholic. And I'm Megan, and I'm an alcoholic. I also identify as a pack of Newports and a garbage man. And an asshole. And an asshole. Don't forget that for 2023, honey. The title still rings true. That's right. Four weeks into 2023, and I have stayed true to my promises, much like till death do us part. Except recording weekly, because we're on week four in episode two. I don't know. My math is not that good. Again, I am a garbage man. Please tell me what that means. Uh, we missed last week. Oh. I know. In our defense, the, it's not defensible. Again, we didn't prioritize correctly. In Megan's excuse. We're remodeling a bathroom. The fuck does that have to do with anything? You spent all weekend last weekend demoing. So we didn't have time to record. I demoed upstairs. The studio is downstairs. Yeah, but I, it's not a one-woman show. I need you to make this successful, honey. It is technically a one-woman show and occasionally a guest appearance from an anti P. Truth. Whose asshole is that of a woman? I'm not sure what to say about that. I don't know if there's a difference. It means it's an innie. <laughs> Or things, is yours an Audi? Things go inny, JP's okay. asshole. All right, all right. Things come Audi, my asshole. Mine too, bro. Well, I don't That's know about it. that. It's where you expel the demons. Oh my god, like something. Home of the worst asshole in all of podcasting. That is true. True story. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for following and sharing our posts. We truly appreciate it. We're going to do a little bit of everything on this episode. Are we? We are indeed. Okay. We've we've knocked assholes out of the way. There we go. One down. What's next? So. Megan calls me the other day. (laughs) Some sort of fucking horrible, I don't even know, perplexed. There's a shameful parenting moment on Megan's end. Yeah, so this season we said we were going to talk about hard things. Oh, yes. So I had a hard thing the other night that I think we should talk about because I think all parents have dealt with this at some point in their life. And just in case the single and or married and or looking women were questioning what is coming next, the hard thing was not the one and a half inches of testicular firepower. <laughs> Papa Dick and Grammy Jude sent Frankie this beautiful light-up tent. Yes, they did. And it came during the week, and on the weeknights, Chris goes to bed early, so I was like, I'm going to knock this tent out. Yes. I do not excel at building things. No. I mean, but there was instructions. It was more pictures, though, than words. I actually do better with, like, reading words, but that's okay. And I am a picture pop-up book kind of guy I'm sure none of you are questioning that but I'm like how hard can this be it's just a bunch of sticks you put them together you thread it through I can do this the Indians have been doing this for millennia can you still say that I think millennia but not Indians oh I don't know 
The Native Americans whom the white people kicked off their land have been doing this for millennia. Exactly. So I'm going to build the tent. And so I get all the pieces out. I'm starting to put them together. And the dog, Peruge, is like laying in the fucking center of it. Yes. And we all know that I have the patience for our dog of like a fucking gnat. I don't know if a gnat has patience, but I think I understand where you're going. It's itty bitty small. My fuse is short when it comes to the bird. I like that. That's a lot better. It is. Although last night I was sitting on the couch with her or when you weren't home and I was like rubbing her. I was like, I really do love you. Don't tell anyone. You mean when I was working my second job putting another beautiful property under contract. You're right. That's right. So anyway, I'm building the tent and Frankie's there with me too. No, 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 no. Continue to stroke my ego. Just one minute. I think you were stroking your own. That's usually what happens in this house. Sure is. Unless there's Erin. <laughs> Erin will stroke all of the egos what? and then some. Sometimes I think she stroked a couple egos at the same time. While you were dating her. That's why it didn't work out, honey. Daddy's proud of her. I know. Anyway, so I'm trying to build the tent and um, Frankie's now picking up the pieces. I'm putting them together. She's taking them apart. The dog's running amok, stealing the pieces. I'm like yelling at Birdie. And then all of a sudden I look at Frankie. I'm like, knock it off. Let go of it. And she walks into the other room, into the kitchen, sits on the windowsill because there are like these huge floor to ceiling windows. So her little tiny bum fits right on it. And puts her head down and cries. Hmm. And I felt terrible. Why? Because she wasn't doing anything wrong. She was being two and a half. Yeah, that makes sense. And I lost patience with her. And in that moment, it kicked me in the gut because, again, she did nothing wrong. And I looked at her and I thought, she feels shame. And this is the first time she's probably ever felt shame in her whole life. And I did that to her. Let me ask you something. Is is this inappropriate? Is it like a developmental milestone that children feel shame or is it just because you're a shitty parent? No, I think it's because I'm a shitty parent. No, I mean, I, I think everyone at some point feels that way, but it shouldn't be from your parent. And now that I am a parent, so interestingly enough, I used to always say that being a parent, I had the world's greatest mom, literally oh, the world's Here greatest mom. But my mom used to yell at us all the time, right? Still and does. And I felt bad about myself sometimes. And I promised myself as a parent I was never going to do that. Mm. I've done it probably, you know, a couple times to Mac, probably more because he's 12. And now I've done it to Frankie for the first time. Now I know as a parent it was never my mom's attention, uh, intention to make me feel shame because that feels horrible as a parent worse than the little two and a half year old felt that's for darn sure sure so i rallied it together i was like all right i'm sorry frankie come over and help me and i sat there patiently and we put the pieces together together we worked on it together i taught her it took me six and a half hours to put together the tent because i was doing it with the bird dog who feels no shame and <laughs> uh the two and a half year old but anyway, in that moment, I start to like, you know, think like these feelings that we have, you know, are learned. And something that is huge in recovery or in drinking is the feeling of shame. Yes. Especially in active addiction. So then I started kind of looking around and I actually saw, I think it was even a couple days before. So I think that's why it was on my the forefront of my mind. I saw this quote or something talking about how 
Guilt is when we feel something about an action we've done. We can all feel guilt. In fact, we probably deserve to feel guilt sometimes. I would say it's almost a a necessary part of life. Yeah, totally. If you don't feel guilt, like you have no soul. Yeah, you're a complete psychopath. But shame is feeling badly about yourself as a person. It's changing feelings about yourself, either because of an action or because of someone's reaction to you or something like that. So then I start reading about how in recovery, dealing with these feelings of guilt and shame, and you really need to get out of the shame, right? This like really fucked you up, huh? It really did. No, I feel like a horrible person. Huh. I know. That's interesting. (laughs) It was one of those things that I did that I was like, it took me like a couple of days to tell Chris about it because I was like so internally upset about it. Which I, I totally understand. But at the same time, I'm like, I mean, is it really that big of a deal? I get it. Like we shouldn't be shaming people into feeling shame or forcing people into feeling shame. But it's also sort of a, a necessary. I don't even know if learning curve is the appropriate phrase there. Well, no. So I think the difference was like if you would have seen the look on her face, like she was defeated. She was embarrassed, like Ah. felt bad about herself. You know what I mean? I I, I mean, I yell at my children all the time. I'm like far from a perfect parent. Uh, We correct them all day long. I mean, I tell Mac all the time and I reinforce with him like I am correcting you because I love you because I want you to be the best you can be. I'm these are developmental things you're doing, but I'm going to continue to correct them. He doesn't feel shame from them. You know what I mean? Do you actually say to the 12-year-old these are developmental things? I do. What the fuck? Yeah. I mean, we had a big talk about it the other day. We were talking about, uh, like, age-appropriate stuff or something. And I I said something like, you know, I'm working with you on it because you're actually a really empathetic kid. But as an adolescent and also as a toddler... And also as an addict, you're completely self-centered. You don't realize that there's anything else or anything else that matters around you. Did you insinuate that your son is an addict? No, that he's an adolescent. I'm just saying we all have the same behaviors. Toddler, adolescent, addict. I think oh, there's some similarities, don't you think? I, I failed to, to connect the dots there, as and, usual. Show and, me your tits. No, so and I said to him, you know, I'm never angry at you when I'm correcting you for these things. Which is important to mention, right? Yeah, absolutely. I said, I'm never angry at you. I said, it's expected, right? Did your mom ever tell you she wasn't angry at you? Or did she just yell at you? Because she's Italian and that's what what she does. You know what the thing is about my mom? She's like an amazing human being. And my mom's the the type of person that she could yell and scream because my mom was a yeller. And then like... Italian. She she was over it after that, though. She wasn't a grudge holder with the kids. She was over it like five seconds later. Not Italian. And she'd be like, oh, you want to go shopping? You want to go do this? Like, it was like totally fine. Like, there there wasn't normally like a remedy after because... Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. And and certainly not to dissect uh, Mimi's parenting style because, again, we... We need to leverage her beach house for my own enjoyment, so I'm not trying to upset her in any way. But isn't that the same thing when she's screaming at you and then 30 seconds later saying, do you want to go shopping? I don't know. I feel like it was resolved. In one way, my mom is was Is that always... not part of the resolution? Yeah, that is the resolution, I guess. Yeah. Like, we didn't have to talk about it. That's what I mean. Like, it's funny. My mom was the parent that gave us the most FaceTime because she was home. My dad wasn't home as much. So she had to be in charge a lot of the discipline. And, like, that sucks, right, as the parent. But um... I don't think your father's capable of discipline. Let's just well, be honest. No. So my dad was the opposite. My dad, if he was mad at you... 
It you was almost like he made you feel shame. And that would have never been his intention. Because no. again, I have the world's best father. But if you upset my father or if there was some sort of conflict, he wouldn't talk to you for days. I think he's sort of still like that. He is. Very much like myself. I, 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 I prefer to give say, you the silent treatment. Absolutely. And I think that almost causes more feelings of shame than like my mom yelled, screamed, and then it was over. And then like, like, that was it. Made you brujol and meatballs. Yeah. And, you know, with me, I I had to, you know, sit down and explain to the two and a half year old why I was sorry and talk about her feelings. She looked at me like, OK, can I do the polls again now? Yeah, <laughs> like, where's the fucking Coco? Yeah. But anyway, so it started to make me think about the years of feeling shame that I had in my life. OK. The shame I felt like. Uh, probably is that what caused the drinking and then your mom yelling at you no no nothing like that but just feeling badly about myself right so then I probably drank to cope with it in in what way uh I just uh, you know some I don't, like normal hard teenage stuff that led me to feeling feelings of shame and then you know, I drank because of that or my marriage failing, making me feel feelings of shame. And then I drank because of that, quote unquote, which deepened that shame. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and I, this is part of that vicious cycle, if if you're not familiar with that term. Absolutely. And so, you know, here I am watching my daughter who was completely innocent in this situation, sitting on the windowsill, head bowed down, like feeling terrible about herself. And I was like, oh, my God, I just started the cycle. Oh, yeah. You know, like, do they have, you know, preschool AA? Because we're going to need it. We're going to have to put the bathroom remodel on hold so we can send the child to rehab. I put the bottle right in her hand at this moment. Good for right? you. And it's funny because, again, now that I'm a parent, I can tell you for 100% certain the reason me becoming an alcoholic had nothing to do with my parents. Because, again, I had extremely wonderful loving you knew you were loved all that kind of stuff parents you know that's something that's innate within you and you know it's it's the two hit theory I have the gene that gives me the potential to become an alcoholic and then whatever life events and environment happened the two worlds collided and there I was right and I'm the complete opposite I had the world's worst parents and I am Not an true. alcoholic because of that <laughs> there's no genes or shame or guilt or anything like that involved I am an alcoholic and a junkie because daddy wasn't there and mommy bought couches but I think you know as a parent, one of the things now, and I think it's because I'm so deeply rooted in recovery is like, how do you change that cycle? You know, I've said in my mind, oh, I never want to make my kids feel shame yet. I've done it. Yeah. You know, and now I know like coming from the back end, I think after you go through recovery again, we all have guilt, but I no longer feel shameful about myself. All right. So it may be a simple question. It may not be a simple answer. Is making your child feel guilty or shameful about something that they've done a necessary part of instilling in them that that action, that whatever was wrong? Or can you do it without making them feel shameful or guilty? So I think guilty. it's okay to feel guilt. 
And the same That's thing. That's consequences. Goes you know what I mean? For the addict and the alcoholic. I say that to Mac all the time if he talks about being upset about something or anxious and I'm like, that's good. It means you have a conscience. It's okay to feel bad about doing something wrong. You have the power to do better next time or to apologize for it. It is okay to um, feel guilt. Mac got in trouble at school the other day for something. And that's always my take home too. What you did was wrong. Own your peace and move on because this doesn't change who you are as a person. You made a poor decision. Because you are a preteen, because you're a normal kid, like you're going to make some bad decisions in life, right? You just have to learn to like move on from them and not feel badly about yourself. Uh, So I get that. So great example, right? Did two years ago, maybe Mac got in trouble online. He got suspended from the Xbox because he typed in a message because he was, you know, talking shit. And this is what you do on Xbox. He typed in a message to another player or user or whatever and said, suck a cock. He sure did. And the forehead decided to suspend his Xbox account as his punishment, which I'm sure made him feel shameful and guilty, etc., etc. And I, being the ultra superstar step parent that I am also not the forehead told Mac we had a little sit down and in my finest parenting moment I said that was actually fucking hilarious you tell everybody to suck a dick as a matter of fact I think the world needs more hey suck a dick but what you cannot do is put it in writing absolutely this this sort of behavior will if this was in the workplace you would get fired mm-hmm If this was at school, you would get suspended. And anything in writing on, especially online, follows you for the rest of your life. That's right. So if you wanted to become the president someday, you may want to think about pumping gas. You're applying to college. You have straight A's and all these activities and a Xbox feed that says suck a dick. Denied. Suck a cock. Oh, yeah. But anyway, I agree. And I don't think we made him feel shameful at all. I mean, obviously, we corrected him. There was a consequence, whatever. But we taught him a valuable lesson. We did not make him feel shame. And so I do make that. So that's my exact point. Exactly. And maybe someone else did make him feel shameful. Yeah, the forehead did, which is just why I am the better parent. Hmm. I don't make my kids feel shame or guilt. I make them feel I make them feel like complete sociopaths and it's okay to tell people to suck a dick. <laughs> no, I I don't know. So what's your experience with shame? I mean, as it relates to the alcoholism thing, I was actually upstairs taking a, a fantastic shit in the completely ripped apart bathroom. There's literally just a toilet in the water closet right now and then we're down to studs everywhere else. And not the kind of studs that plowed my wife in college. Not those kind of studs. The studs behind the walls. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I was thinking about my, really my finest achievement as a, an addict, and that would be robbing the bank. Yes. And I can tell you that I felt incredible amounts of guilt because I knew that what I was doing was wrong. Poor, bad action. But I can also tell you that standing next to my lawyer in front of a judge, in a courtroom of packed people, I felt nothing. I felt no shame. I felt no guilt. I was literally just numb. 
Well, and I wasn't, I wasn't high or under the influence when I was going through that event or that particular day in that courtroom. I just, I don't know if it's one of those time heals all wounds or more importantly, what I really think is at that point in time, I was just so numb and so fed up and so like quite literally fuck it. I was like, you know what? Whatever happens, happens. It's well out of my control. What I did is in the past. Either put me in jail or fucking move on. Do you think you can feel so much shame for so long that that's when you become numb to it? I think that's actually a great question. I I believe the answer to a certain extent is yes. But again, in that particular circumstance, I don't think it was the years and years and years of feeling shame and guilt and remorse I think that for me personally, in that moment, I was just so done. I was fucking done with me. Well, that's never, what I mean. Never mind the rest of society. Yeah. And I, I mean, was fucking done with Chris. And I think that that's what I mean. Like, it had changed your, I don't know, self-worth so much. Self-worth, my outlook, my yeah. everything, my yeah. entire being. And do you think that's what eventually brings you to your rock bottom? Is that what brings you to despair? The fact that you, I, I think anyone will say this who's gone through recovery, what brings you to the doors of AA or to a place to want to make shame or to make change is hating yourself so much. And I think that's a constant cycle of shame, either self-imposed or imposed by others Sometimes because of your actions. Sure. I I hated myself for, at that point, decades leading up to that event. Right. Because, again, I I was sick of Chris. But you know what? I knew there was a solution, the solution being AA or some 12-step program, something like that. I just don't think I personally was ready to make that change. I knew I needed to make the change, but I didn't want to put in the work. No, definitely not. And all I knew at that point about AA was that it was a, you know, a bunch of the castaways, the throwaways of society that hang out in church basements and smoke cigarettes and drink coffee and talk about how much of a fuck up they are. And I was not ready to be that person. Well, and think about that. The people that do get recovery that enter that program, they're at the lowest point in their life. And it's almost amazing. Like we always say, it's a true miracle that it works for some because you enter those doors thinking you are worth nothing. Yeah. So, you know, do you even think you deserve recovery? Like, has the shame sunk you so deep that what's the point? I think it when I, again, when I personally entered those rooms and actually gave it an effort, I think I was somewhere in between I don't deserve this and I'm not capable of this. Yeah, definitely. I also think, too, when you talk about that instance, too, it was an institution. You know what I mean? I think the only people that can make us feel true shame are people we love. Because you don't care what strangers think. Who cares what a bank thinks about you? Who cares what the police think about you? You know what I mean? I think that's Mm. easier to move on from. I think, yeah, there's heavier consequences maybe. But to really change your self-worth from feeling shame, I think that comes from loved ones. And again, I, I don't blame the loved ones. You know, I mean, the loved ones are 
they're fed up too. Yeah, unfortunately, they're they're going through it just as much as you are. Sometimes maybe even worse because I think that there is their own piece of shame and guilt and remorse attached to the actions of the child. Like, why is my child so eh, fucked up? For yeah. La- for lack of a better term. Yeah. And I think that they start to reflect on their own parenting style, the the mistakes that they've made, sort of replaying the tape, if you will, like, holy fuck, did I do this to my kid? And the answer is no, I think to a certain extent. No, absolutely. But let me tell you, if Frankie ends up in rehab someday, I'm going to be replaying this past Thursday night while she sat on the winds, uh, windowsill and say, it was my fault. Like, I totally started this. But again, She's two and a half. Lucky for me, I have the chance to change the cycle. I think that's just a natural sort of knee-jerk reaction. I think even, you know, your parents, let's say, who are quite literally the, like, the fucking cleavers of parenting, I think that they probably, too, right after you went to rehab or, you know, got married for the 15th time or whatever, you know, whatever you want to say, whatever example you want to use, I think they, too, reflected on their own 30 years of of journey or however many years it was at that point like where did we fall short and i feel like you know as a as a child somebody's child and now as a parent myself it's not their fault no definitely not and my mom actually said to me but it's inevitable to feel like that right yeah my mom actually said to me maybe it was a couple weeks ago but she said it to me a couple times now and it's one of those things that you know, again, I, I don't feel shame or I don't feel it as strongly as I used to. I'm sure there's still some lingering feelings in there deep down. Um, but there's things that build that, like build that self-worth. And one of the things she said to me recently um, is that, you know. She likes me better than the forehead. Now, is hard things happen in our lives as we grow. And they're there. Every to, day. And they're there to teach us new things. And she actually said to me the other day. Um, something like, not like, thank you, but sort of, you know, I'll add that part in. Um, <laughs> everything you went through, the rehab, the divorce, like all this stuff was this big, massive thing that affected everyone in my family. And my mom's like, that gave me such a chance to learn, to be a better parent, to understand people differently to open my eyes to new situations to to, love my new son-in-law yes but like it she's like it really changed how I look at things and like these hard things happen so we can learn from them and become better parents you know when our kids are young when they're teenagers and when they're old she didn't call me old but I think she implied it so yeah you know adult children even you know and to me that was such like a self-worth building like I felt so much shame during that time in my life and it was almost like forgiveness in a way I know that sounds silly but like but you don't need to be forgiven no I know but like it's an unfortunate part of your journey or maybe if you look at it differently it's a necessary part of your journey no definitely but I think you know as we talk about building our self-worth through recovery and getting rid of those feelings of shame I think that was a a big building block for me sure you know so I don't know go ahead honey talk more about your shame I'm quite frankly ashamed of what that I'm no longer with Aaron no oh Aaron 
I'm sure she's jubilant. Again, I think there's all sorts of examples that we can use. And it's almost, it's sort of interesting, right? Because I feel to a certain extent that shame, guilt, remorse is necessary, but also not necessary at the same time. Like, how do you get to that same end point, that same end game, without feeling like a complete shitbag? No, I know. I agree with that. But I don't think now that... Is it even possible? Right. I think now that we've gotten through that, I don't think we need to live with shame. I think we need to feel guilty about bad things we do because we make mistakes all the time. You more than me, but... Get the fuck out of here. (laughs) I I don't think there's anything in life, if you're doing the next right thing, you know, human error there is, but there should be nothing that could cause shame. No, I agree. You know? So from here on out, we give our kids a life without shame. That's not possible. I know. We're going to fuck up again. I'm fucking Italian and Scottish. Are you over there just cheering like, Megan messed up the two and a half year old first? No, we, this is, I do not keep score. (laughs) As much as it may sound like I do keep score, I really don't. I just know that I wake up very early and I am a better parent. Like there's no, I, I don't need to keep score. Oh, you've already won? Yeah. (laughs) Well, good. So I think in keeping with the theme of the hard things, this was something totally embarrassing and shameful for me to admit. And I think that this relates to parenting, relates to relationships, relates to shit that happens at work. I I almost think that people use that shame and guilt as an effective tool to a certain outcome. Yeah. Ooh. I like it. It was profound. Thank God he brought something to the table. Seriously, right? But for all the parents out there, if you've made your kids feel shameful, you are not alone. And again, I think this is something we don't talk about, right? We talk about yelling at our kids, joking around, things like that. But I don't think anyone sits there, raises their hand and says, I mean, my kid feel like total dog shit today. You know, mm-hmm. like I I did damage, even though it was momentarily, that I am... I feel shameful now about, you know, and I think I think it's okay to say these things out loud, right? Like we're all trying to do our best. That's I think that's the problem with society these days is you're not allowed to talk about, well, frankly, fucking anything unless it's, you know, you and your wife or your husband on on a beach somewhere like, oh, look at how amazing we are. Totally. You're, you're probably the most miserable fucking people I've ever met in my life. I always say that it's all nonsense. Get rid of the fake bullshit talk about it have the conversation that's right so if you have ideas of hard things you want to talk about um topics that we're going to throw out there eventually are divorce i think finances we should talk about pregnancy loss i I think there's a lot of really good hard topics out there that are so taboo that we have the platform to speak to absolutely and we certainly will there's there's no shame guilt remorse involved with that that's it. Like, we have the opportunity to help, again, just just one fucking person. Think about how impactful that is. No, it's really amazing. You can change one life. What a gift. Yeah. What an absolute gift. So maybe it was worth all those years of shitty behavior and shame that we had. I, I can tell you now, looking back on it, if I knew this was going to happen, I would say, fuck yeah, let's do it again. Yeah. Why not? I totally would, too. You know? Yeah. All right. You got anything else? No, I think I'm going to try to gift my penis into Megan's bum. Well, that's not going to happen. Well, I think I'm going to try to gift my penis into Aaron's bum. Godspeed.
She's the queen of double penetration. It's fucked up. Uh, uh, Chris's parents are moving down in a couple weeks. That's right. How about that? You want to talk about shame, guilt, and remorse? I know. How's that making you feel? Like I'm going to change my fucking phone number. <laughs> Sorry, I'm unavailable. Nah, I think it's great. I think it is amazing. Can I be honest with you? Yes, I always appreciate that. Sometimes you do. Don't lie. Sometimes you're like, that's not necessary. Okay. <laughs> when Megan's getting dressed and I'm like, are you wearing that? And she's like, what the fuck? Didn't your mother tell you if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all? No, that's why I was standing in front of a judge <laughs> accused of robbing a bank. <laughs> oh, boy. That's sort of the first issue. I am super, super thrilled that my parents, well, my mother and my stepfather. One half of his parents. They're my fucking parents. Like, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. Are moving down here because there is a certain part of me that is super pissed at my mother because she has no relationship with Frankie. Yes. You know, and that definitely makes me feel some sort of way. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be in her face now, so. She's I, not going to have a choice. You know what, though? It's almost, Love my fucking kid. You know what? It's it's not that she doesn't love her. It's, it's almost going to be better, though, because they're close but 15 minutes away, which means it's not us going and staying there or impeding on private space or anything yeah, like museum, that. the museum day fucking Alice. Yeah, it's dinners together or, you know, I was like thinking about that when we were driving around this morning. I was like, you know, oh, we mean what, whatever for dinner. I'll drop some off on my way into work or, you know, like just things like that. It's going to be so nice. And I grew up with family all around me and I know you did too. Mm -hmm. And it, it makes such a difference. Like it's such a blessing to have. So the more family that can be around our kids, I think the better. It is. And we're super lucky that we still have all of these. Well, I would say loving. I mean, your parents are loving and supportive. So are all of yours. Alice is supportive from a distance as long as it doesn't cost her anything. <laughs> I think well, it's the opposite. Which she is care about that. best case scenario. I know. And right? I think she'll take Birdie. No. Not for permanent, but like. Oh. You know, like doggy daycare once in a while. Oh, Alice or a quick would trip to the shore. 100% take the dog over the child any day. Which is actually fine with me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm sure like you're super thrilled. I'm sure though there'll be some feelings, conflicts, whatever that'll come up. Of course. But you know what? They need our support as aging individuals who are lucky to have two very capable people 15 minutes down the road and we in turn need their support as well absolutely and talk about what a great gift that you're able to give your mom and mike that you would have never been able to give them if you didn't get sober fuck no you know and you know what not for nothing there's a certain comfort that goes along with them being 15 minutes away versus eight hours Absolutely. In an emergency, we can be there. Yes. I even felt that about my parents moving from 50 minutes away to 15 minutes away. That was a big difference for me. Yeah. You know, and that's not Massachusetts. Just that that feeling of comfort goes a long, long way. Sure does. Right. So stay tuned. The bathroom remodel is happening slowly. Very, very slowly. slowly. Mm -hmm. But our guy is good very and in true alcoholic fashion it will be over the top for a house that is supposed to be a flip yep 
Okay, but we we set the budget at ten grand, and very quickly we're at like twenty five. I can't even really talk about that because it gives me shame that I am <laughs> fucking building a bathroom that I'm not sure we deserve. But that's another story, and it'll be good for resale, and it'll get our kids in their next house, which is what the goal is. Now the bathroom won't do that. Their amazing superstar realtor dad will do that. <laughs> That's true, too. No shame, guilt, or remorse there. Mm, All right. All ego. Stay tuned. No ego. Just Aaron's bum. Okay. We got some interesting stuff coming up. And as always, we appreciate your support. Any ideas, topics, questions, anything you guys want to chat about, shoot us an email. So I married an alcoholic at gmail.com. Keep us rising in the ratings. That's right. Good night. I'm Megan and I'm an alcoholic. And I'm Chris. I too am an alcoholic. Cut off your pets privates. And please, if you are struggling in any way, put your hand up, reach out, ask for help. So I Married an Alcoholic is sponsored by RealtorAndABaby.com. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease real estate? Even if you're not in greater Philadelphia, reach out with your contact information so you can be connected with the most qualified realtor in your area. RealtorAndABaby at gmail.com.